Star Wars Squadrons podcast season two episode seven. I'm your host, Time Bomb. You guys know that. This week, trying to keep it current, trying to keep up to date. Super happy to have this guest on. I've had the luxury of playing with you. I feels like pretty much all year. Member of IG, just runner up here in the in the Cal Cup summer minor you guys have been killing it all year you've qualified for the final already happy to have you on here minor thank you to the podcast buddy hello it's nice to be here thank you for having me <laughs> that was the funniest way i phrased that i said thank you to the podcast that's just classic time bomb <laughs> i think i followed it pretty well <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you you've hung out with me enough to be able to follow uh my um exotic phrasings let's let's put it that way <laughs> uh, i can barely hold a conversation to save my life so we'll see how this goes <laughs> yeah that's the funny thing too a lot of times when i play with you it's early in the morning i feel like you you don't want to to wake up you know your loved ones at home there so you're, you're keeping it quiet too so i feel like we played for months before i even heard you talk for the first time oh uh, yeah um usually uh the orange stack is like my uh the start of my day in a weird way um it's a nice uh <laughs> environment everyone's pretty cool there things like that Aww. um and it's something like what 9 a.m my time but probably two for you three i mean yeah three. something weird for me for sure i don't know how hard you have definitely like i wake up i'm an early bird and you know we got a mix of people from all over the world we play with the australians a ton now too even more than ever they've always been been up at that time too we've all orange orange hours have joined forces now so it's it's funny it's uh it's a it's a real stack war who can get the the stack first almost <laughs> and then you can dominate that uh, time <laughs> absolutely yeah uh, so let me ask you when did you get into squadrons i feel like you were there for the beginning but what's your background in either both flight sim and star wars games um so for flight sim i actually have relatively little experience um i i would play things like uh some of the ps2 flight games and such um i played a little bit of elite dangerous but i never got too terribly seriously into it um star wars games i played a lot of them i mean you've probably heard this a million times now a lot <laughs> of them growing up i played uh i was the rogue squadron type not so much the tie fighter versus x-wing mm -hmm. and things like that um unfortunately i still haven't played those and i'd really like to um but uh i let's see before squadrons um i hadn't really played many video games but of course you have the uh pandemic that comes along and uh the country i'm currently in goes into lockdown and the shining beacon of hope for me at that point was there was a new star wars flight game coming out and I'm looking forward to this. That's um, that's kind of that, different. So you had like so you weren't gaming very much until like Squadrons kind of was on the horizon or through the pandemic, kind of. Uh, yeah, I actually had put down games for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, through college, I got very uh, just I suppose went out on them. Uh, it wasn't as fun as it had been. Mm -hmm. um, I had played quite a bit of World of Warcraft and done some. Uh, 
raiding and I, I'd been a raid leader at one point and that was kind of my first experience managing a group. Um, but I think after about 2013 or 14, I just didn't have much interest in video games anymore. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, um, outside of like playing League of Legends with friends casually, uh, put it down for a very long time. I completely relate to that because I've, I'm like 38, so I've had several periods, like for the last five years I've been gaming, but then for like five years before that, I didn't really game at all. And then for five years before that, I'd game pretty hard, but then for five, you know, so I go on and off too. So I can completely understand that. That's funny that, uh, I mean, I feel like that has got to be common for a lot of people too, because of the pandemic. It definitely, I mean, I've been gaming with people who, I mean, I've known for years, but I never really gamed with during the pandemic. So I, it makes sense that it would bring you back. So Squadrons, you start playing it. When you started playing it, were you on console or PC? Um, I picked up Squadrons maybe a week after launch. Um, I was unemployed at the time because of the pandemic. Uh, so I had to wait a little bit until, you know, the funds were actually available. And obviously a Star Wars game is not high on the priority list of things <laughs> Um, but by that point in the pandemic, we were like, we have to keep our sanity. We are mm. in, I think we were in something like our fourth consecutive month in our house. Um, I picked it up. I started playing on, uh, PC, mm -hmm. um, and I played through the single player campaign and I made myself go through it on the second hardest difficulty <laughs> because I knew I'd want to play multiplayer and I wanted to be good at it. Yeah. Um, so I, I went instruments only second highest difficulty. Ooh. Oh. Took me about two, it took me about two weeks, and uh, then I still was afraid to go into uh, <laughs> Honestly, I felt the same way. I, I honestly did. I just did dogfighting for, like, weeks until I did. I didn't do fleet battles until, like, the end of October or something, like, a month until the game had been out. I found it intimidating the same, the same way. I am curious. So at that point in the game, when you did the story mode for that little bit to like learn the game on that second highest difficulty did that prepare you to play online when you finally did get there uh i actually yes i think so mm -hmm. um so in some ways uh the ai in the single player mode can be overwhelming um it's it, it sometimes is very unfair in uh how it'll swarm you you're put in these maps that are putting you into like a sometimes a like a 4v 9v1 situation and depending on the ai's mood they may all coordinate and eviscerate you <laughs> um so i became very evasive and i i got really good at staying staying alive um i actually started doing what i thought was drifting uh <laughs> i'll bring that up later um but it but short bursts of drifts to maneuver myself to get around these AI. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that's what you were supposed to be doing. And I eventually ended up beating it like that. Um, it also helped me learn how to use the instruments on the con on the uh, consoles of the ships to my advantage. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes I still, you know, I'll still be in a TIE fighter and go like, ah, oh, the MC-75, my home, um, and then get shot down like anybody else. But, um, <laughs> Being able to look at the radar and say, okay, well, I'm currently facing red. I need to go back, turn until I see white, and then I can fly that way, even mm -hmm. if I don't know where I am. Where you um, are. It's extremely helpful, yeah. Yeah, I, I, really I really suck at that. Honestly, using that radar really messes me up. Even though I've looked at the diagrams explaining it, it's still just, 
at a glance, it's hard for it to register for me. I don't, so I guess from doing it the instruments way, you really kind of figured it out. Yeah, and the other thing, it I, I think the most beneficial thing was it caught it or it taught me how to uh, power manage. You can't survive single player without um, power management on that difficulty, especially mm -hmm. managing uh, your shields really, really well. It taught me that anytime I'm not under fire, I need to be recharging my shields. I mm -hmm. need to be looking for cover if I need an opportunity to do it. It taught me how to use my environment, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, that said, some of the some of the levels on that difficulty were still just a crapshoot <laughs> trying to get through. But, I, classic, classic yeah. video games. I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I've never played through the whole story mode. Like, I honestly, I've got my Hodas sitting here. That was my plan to play through it on the Hodas to like learn Hodas doing it. I just haven't done it. How did you start? Did you start controller or what? What, what was your? Uh, I don't know what that's called. Uh, to start, how were you playing? Um, well, as I said, I hadn't played in a long time, so mm -hmm. I had one controller. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a ten year old um, off brand Xbox three hundred and sixty controller. Uh, the up pitch on the right joystick doesn't work quite right. It goes dead after about halfway. <laughs> uh, so I, played, I played with that because I couldn't steer with the mouse and keyboard. I I tried it for about fifteen minutes and then decided it wasn't <laughs> for me. Yeah, I've never really played a mouse and. I've never played mouse and keyboard on any game, so I just it feels weird for me to make that switch, but I almost think it could be possible with squadrons. Only because I understand, like because I've learned the game on other uh mm. you know what I mean? Because I understand how to play like the boost drift and stuff. I wonder if maybe it would be possible to then. Who is it? Um I believe Hobbs, uh, an Australian player, he switched, I believe, to mouse and keyboard and I mean he he's I've played other games that way too, so maybe that could be a factor too um so you've switched now and in, in from the controller and or have you gotten a new controller that doesn't have the drift issues um so i i went to hodas for a little bit uh -huh. um and i found that i was able to be more evasive and maneuverable with my flying uh which is great because mm -hmm. i'm not really a pk player uh anymore um not since shortly after joining the imperial guard have <laughs> i, have I played any sort of pk um i'm pve bomber that sort of thing um but it really hurt my accuracy when i would need to turn and say help take down a target uh and after about two months of trying to learn it i decided to go back to controller and now i have a uh what is this this is a 8-bit do sn30 pro plus it's like a super nintendo controller meta playstation controller hmm. and it's quite nice i'm enjoying it yeah was it maybe I'm misremembering this? Did you tell me you used uh maybe it wasn't you? Someone told me that they used like a Nintendo the Nintendo controller. Was it you? Is that basically what that is? Like a Nintendo controller? Uh yeah, I actually I'd used a Switch controller for uh a little while. That's actually, what it was, that yes. Was, you told me. Sorry, go on. Yeah, it was my uh it was an off-brand switch controller. They printed a bulbasaur on it and uh just kind of went to town with it. Really, really <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, I liked the additional two buttons. I mean, in a competitive environment, having those two buttons was, I mean, great. Uh, I'm unfortunately missing one button on this one, but it's still, you know, good enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, 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 I did find Switch superior to the Xbox 360 for my personal taste. Hmm, interesting. Uh, well, I mean, the I use the, the Series 2. Having the extra buttons is key, but also you can, like, 
totally get away without having the extra buttons. There's, I mean, a lot of workarounds mm -hmm. for it. You, you just, I mean, I feel like the biggest thing that you, the biggest thing that you lose on a standard without the extra buttons is uh, like targeting stuff. You may have to like sacrifice a targeting wheel or something like that, which I think um, Nathan, who we play with, he'll have kind of like teammates ping stuff to make it easier. I'll be like, hey, ping this for me because like it's so hard for him to do it basically. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Take me back to when you were starting out in the game, you don't know anyone, you start you beat the, you know, the the story mode and then you start to play online. How did you start to play at first and then how did you find your way to Imperial Guard? Uh so I started off as an A-wing pilot. Mm -hmm. Um during the uh during <laughs> what was basically the super buffed version of the meta we have right now with tie bombers. Mm -hmm. Um they had some kind of ridiculous health hole and uh I was surprised to find that I was doing pretty well. Um, I'm not usually a, a super competitive player. It's not my personality. Um, I typically play games for the fun of it, but I kept playing and playing. And then I was like, okay, well, this season I'll hit Legend. And then I hit Legend and I was like, oh, it's been like two days. Um, <laughs> so, And this is like, uh, what was, when was this? That What point was that? Operation sorry, 2? I hit, Valiant. I, I hit or Operation 1. I hit Valiant. Mm -hmm. in operation one um oh yeah that's right my goal was valiant i hit valiant in operation one uh and then i hit legend but before i did that i started looking for a group to play with mm -hmm. um i went to taw first uh i applied i had my stuff in and they were trying to find a group for me but being um in the united kingdom i had a hard time finding a group that was in my area, but also in my weird kind of work schedule that mm. I ended up having with uh, what I'm doing now, um, being the new job at the time. Uh, so I did uh, let them know, hey, you know, I found another server. It seems to be friendlier to my sort of timetable. You know, thank you for having me. And, you know, that was just the end of that. I don't think I ever actually flew with TAW, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, I'm what is TAW? Which one is that? Sorry. I. See, I feel so bad because I, I know remember. I can't remember either. I'm sorry, and I don't mean to. I mean, I'm sure tell us definitely give a shout out, but I mean, I mean it's just one of those ones. There's so many. This is what I was really trying to say because at that point, too, earlier in the game, like there was just a lot of different discords, right? That you would be around in. Like, I remember, like, I'm in like 30 now, but they're mostly like active ones or whatever now. But at that point, you would be in a bunch and like they would have that exactly like you're saying one day a week, maybe a few of them might be doing it. You know? So it was like varying. So then basically, like you're saying, yeah. you found a group that was more in your time. Right. And uh, I so I applied to uh, or I started to apply to Gray Squadron. Um, but before I did, I found the Imperial Navy server. And um, basically, because it was so easy to get into the server and no hassle, it was you join, they talk to you, you're put into a group depending on when you play, and that's it. And I thought, oh, that sounds easy. That sounds fun. And uh, instead of applying for Gray, I ended up in the Imperial Navy. Um, and I was like, great, I have a, I have a group to play Fleet Battles with now. Uh, only to find out I was the only Fleet Battles player on the server. At the That's time. what I was going to say, because earlier on, Imperial Navy was mostly doing just dogfights, right? Right. Um, so when I joined at the time, uh, I was flying with... Uh, we group our uh time zones and play times uh by basically uh what we call isds and it's like a regional thing so mm -hmm. uh my isd was the european one um 
and I'm flying. I started flying then with people such as uh, Wild, who was on the Imperial Guard at the time. Um, Dolan was uh, running the operation on that end as well. I fly with them for a couple of weeks, and somebody suggests to me, "Hey, you need to message this guy. His name is Trapstar. Uh, we think you might be a good fit for our Imperial Guard team." And I said, "Okay." So. I I messaged, I applied, I said I'm more of a Fleet Bells player, I'm not really interested in dogfights. Um, and I ended up joining uh, pretty quickly. At the time, the Imperial Guard team was its first iteration, had just been founded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they just came out of Op Ace 1. Um, it was, uh, I may be wrong here, I think it was Raz, Wild, Narcissist, Trapstar, Kriegzilla and Cortex. Oh, so was uh, this the one that happened over the winter? That was Op Ace One. I think. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Cool. The, yeah, that the one was, was like real early on. Yeah, because um, that was all the. So I mean, all the U.S. players basically could play in that one, from what I remember. So it sounds like those were all U.S. players. Uh, I think well, two of them weren't. So there must be someone I'm forgetting, and I feel terrible. <laughs> Um, cause I'm, I'm not the best with names, unfortunately. Hey, it's but, uh, not easy. <laughs> yeah. So they're fresh off of Apes one. Um, and I remember them telling me later that it wasn't the best experience for them cause mm. they had quite a rocky time getting into it. Mm. Uh, but they wanted to do a fleet battles team. So they formed up a fleet battles team and I managed to get in, uh, and we flew our first match in the SEL. Let's see, it was January 10th against Skull. Oh, nice. Okay, that's pretty cool. So you got, yeah, you guys were in the SCL right away. We we kind of missed that, so it's great that you, I mean, you because, you know, clearly the team was kind of coming together as you were looking to, and, like, that's what it seems like. The fleet battle team was kind of forming at that time, and you were kind of getting in there, right? Like, as SCL was kind of happening, too, they would have had to apply a little bit before then, I think, if memory serves uh, correctly. Right, mm-hmm. right. because uh, most of the other players were playing only dogfights, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not much of the team deathmatch type. I saw fleet battles, and I was like, this looks really fun. Mm-hmm. There's capital ships and systems. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this all seems ca- to kind of make sense to me, and it was only later I realized it's because it was a MOBA, and I already knew a lot of things about how a MOBA basically yeah. works. How I mean, you should yourself be aware of the map, what does what, what goes where, etc. But... Um, Sorry, I cut you off. Folks. No, no, I cut you off. But that's funny, too, because you had said you had been playing League of Legends. So you had that kind of experience there. I'm the other end. This is all new to me, basically. Like everything about this game, um, a flight sim is new. A MOBA is new. I I mean, I haven't played Star Wars games in like 20 years. <laughs> like I, So the deathmatch part to me actually made the other end. That made the most sense to me. And I feel like that's why I was kind of like reluctant to get into it but felt really fell for it i feel like still like the depth the depth in the game mode is pretty crazy like meta has been shifting every other week super super dense um and uh it's nice now because we have a stable uh as in like it's not going to change we have a static patch that is going to Mm -hmm. stay the same Mm -hmm. and now you are free to create whatever you like with uh a time investment in trying out new things um and that wasn't something that was afforded to us through uh things like uh say scl season one with the weekly bi-weekly patches yeah Um, i uh, i agree 
I okay. Well, we kind of talked about it too earlier when, like, we you know you were the A wing main when they had more hull and everything. I hated that time of the game. I like right now oh my so much more. Like, people want the game to be more PvP, but if that's what they mean, that no, no, thank you, sir. Okay. <laughs> that's well, not what I want. <laughs> um. So early that early on, because like. At the beginning of the game, you uh, I think Imperial Guard was already around. They were in the dogfighting scrimmages of five mans. Um, but that that early on, um, you didn't have a lot of mechanics quite being discovered yet, mm -hmm. uh, unless you were maybe Destroyer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, who was flying circles around all of us. So like, I I really benefited from uh, people basically not knowing how to drift, not uh thinking about how to use a drift to turn yourself or to uh maneuver to get behind a target mm -hmm. and i you know i i felt like i was a great interceptor pilot um and that's actually what i i went into ig thinking i would be and then people started learning to drift and uh the flight model changed mm -hmm. obviously in the competitive scene and with the new flight model i was not prepared to track people like that and Same. it's important to realize when you can't benefit your team in a certain role. Mm -hmm. And I realized that. So I became a uh, X-Wing torpedo player uh, and Y-Wing on defense. Mm -hmm. um, and so like early on in SCL, uh, we, we kind of have like a day of infamy um, in our first SCL match. Uh, Skull versus IG SCL week one on Galatan. It's our first match. We're eager everyone thinks it's going to be a very, very close match because um, both teams were very well regarded at the time in their skill, and we were just completely rolled over. It was Oof. very disheartening. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. We had, and it was really hard to go into, and for the first four weeks of SCL, we were uh, trading wins and losses with teams that people thought we should beat easy, uh, and, and I think that was kind of the point where uh imperial guard was written off uh so to say Ooh. um I, after those first four weeks of scl uh they chose a new squad leader and they picked myself mm. um and that's kind of where we started to uh look at how do we improve how do we get better at the game without making it like uh having to having to drag people into work um, <laughs> uh so Okay, I actually have a couple questions. Okay, because you had mentioned earlier, oh, um, you had mentioned earlier that you had thought you understood how to drift, and this kind of comes up too with your saying when you switched, everyone kind of got to the next level of drifting. So I'm curious about that, how you how you found it, how you were drifting, and how you moved past it and learned. And then also, since you took over with IG, how did you guys kind of move forward? Because I feel like you know. You guys were always a very strong team, but you definitely like turned a corner and I feel like, you know, you got to that top tier of teams. So tell me about those two things, about the, how you learned about the drifting and how you with IG developed. Um, so the drifting is a bit embarrassing. So I was doing <laughs> this movement that I thought was drifting uh, by simply tapping the drift button and changing my trajectory. Uh, all I was doing was using my drift to change my trajectory and quickly turn in order to like tail a target or mm -hmm. around a subsystem. Um, it was brought to my attention, I think, for the spring major or the, yeah, I think it was the spring major, two days before the spring major. Uh, I was watching one of Fencar's video and he just casually mentions, you know, 
hold the drift button. And I'm like, excuse me, what do you mean hold the drift button? Um, and so I go into a practice mode and I hold the drift button and I'm like, that's why I can't dead drift. Uh, it's because I'm stupid. Um, so I, I, uh, I got, I played the game for that long thinking I knew how to drift. Um, I got to GA thinking I knew how to drift, but it turns out I was just kind of stopping myself really quickly and wasting energy. Well, you got uh, so good evasion skills clearly then, right? Like, <laughs> like... Um, sorry, what? I will, you're going, you weren't using your drift to evade. So you're just using like pure, you know, evasion on with the stick. So like you have natural evasion skill. Definitely. Like I relied so much on drifting for evasion. I, I I do. Um, I, I was doing both evasion at that time. I've honestly kind of slipped um, because the first Cal Cup I participated in, I think I had six deaths that weekend. Uh, but my play style has also changed. Mm -hmm. You know, now if I'm in a tie bomber, I'm totally willing to uh, take the death if I'm going to get your shield gens. You know, the game changes. The the players change. So yeah, it, it, things do go along that way for sure. Uh, that and honestly, yeah, like you're saying you didn't realize so late. I mean, I literally blew Gonk's mind like just a week ago when I was like I switched to APM like three weeks ago when I switched to PC or four weeks ago or whatever it was, but I didn't I wasn't doing it correctly where I was moving all of the power out of engines a lot of times. And I I don't know why, like I understood it, but I just didn't quite it didn't quite register that it wasn't that I needed it all out basically. Just because I was used to basic, where you just hit it once rather than the two. Anyway, so mm -hmm. I broke him a little bit. He was just like, "What? What? You don't? You don't understand?" Oh, no. Like he just was like, "He broke." Down. I had to read. So I had to read. You know what happens, right? Like sometimes, right, right, right. I feel like in this game, you can spend a lot of time not practicing the right things. I feel like I've been made that mistake a lot. So I really try to spend my time better to make sure that I'm learning the right way or in this game now and understanding so I, yeah that's that's one thing that i think about that so don't no shame in being wrong the important thing is that you learned and also you're a great player <laughs> without realizing that for so long which is hilarious and then yes the other question about uh ig how did you once you took over kind of like what do you think training wise that for other teams maybe listening what they could take away from what you've learned to grow um so my profession is i'm a teacher and i am trained to look at the long-term goal and what are the steps to accomplish this goal. What are the things my people need to learn in order to get to the point where they want to be? So in our case, um, I looked at the Cal Cup schedules. I looked at the tournaments and I said, we can increase our placing uh, in each tournament uh, by every minor and major. And if we continue to do that, into October, you know, we have a very legitimate chance of winning that tournament. Uh, so I told the team, hey, we're gonna we're gonna look at this in the long term. We can take quick victories now, we can do cutthroat stuff if we want, but that might burn us out and that might uh cause more uh trouble than it would cause uh, wins down the line. So I, we focused on being a team and a community and improving over time. So uh, let me get my, get my little book here. Let's see. Uh, so, you know, the first winter minor, we placed top eight. We lost to the Randalorians. Uh, the next winter major, 
we place top eight, we lose to gas. Uh, to okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, I could bring these up too. Looking at them, hold on. Let me um, let me put that over too. Yeah, I can see that one. I mean, you actually, interestingly, you went up against Skull Squadron too in the best of three round before that, and won there too. Interesting. That same uh, matchup as the first we, week of SCL. We did, uh, and actually, the playoffs in SCL at the end of the season was a big turning point for us because you know. We'd completely uh, eaten dirt the first match of our SEL against Skull on Galatan. And so our first match for the play-ins in uh, SEL was Skull. And it was honestly very intimidating. This is the team that had put us, you know, basically in the ground. Um, and if we could beat them, we felt that we could prove to ourselves we have progressed. This is, you know, it was a very important game for us, not just for the tournament itself, or for the league itself, but for morale. Um, and it really helped us out when we won the series, and we won the last game on Galatan, which was oh. Skull's choice. Mm -hmm. I think as a, uh, I think it was a, a mental move. Um, and, you know, it was, it was good for us. It, and it was another one of those things where it's like, look where we are. We've progressed. Um, same thing with these tournaments. We face Skull again. Uh, we managed to beat them, and then we get uh, destroyed by Gas. We had one good game against Gas mm -hmm. in that tournament mm -hmm. on Nadiri. Um, the plan at the time they were all on defenders, and the plan was, well, what if we force them to come into us, and we all just play ICT Y wings? Um, mm -hmm. We lost that game, but we didn't lose it as badly as we did the next one. Yeah, I feel we like lost the, we lost the next game mm -hmm. very bad. <laughs> the defenders were just too strong at that point. I feel like. And well, I guess in the end, Splinter that was one that Splinter did go on to win, uh, go over gas, mm -hmm. and they actually won it with New Republic, if I remember. Yeah, so okay, yes. you move past that one, and then we can. I've got the spring major up here. I've got that's the or the minor spring minor, I think. Spring minor, yes. Uh, the infamous, uh, I think that's the infamous Empire patch one, yes. Um, we managed to split with Rando on day one, that was really good for us. Uh, and then we are fourth seed and we place top four, lose to cheese. So another strong team kicks us out. But hey, you know, last minor, we were top eight. Now we're top four. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, you're getting to that further round. This is like a much bigger tournament, too. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken for these. This one is the one that had the. Oh, no, it was Swiss play. Yeah. So it was just a big one. It wasn't the one with the double group, but still really good making it to the end. Of the or not the end to the semifinals on that one and you know we again we were happy with that i was happy with that we'd had a few roster changes by that point um but still had a majority of our main roster uh next one cow cup spring major uh we uh go into day one we actually dropped a game i believe it was against uh gray tempest uh and what was it cavern angels gold had just uh, really, really improved their game, and it was uh, honestly intimidating as well. Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't seen any of it. I believe I'd uh, been sick, but my team was like, you know, CA Gold, really strong team. Uh, we are probably going to take a loss there too. So we're going through the we're going through the matches, going through the matches, and we were happy to pull a win out there and kind of prove that to ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. um, then with. Uh, and especially as Krieg just said, splitting with Tempest uh, was kind of 
it was our first game of the day and it kind of made us go whoa whoa, how are we playing what's going on um those first games are crazy like you for me anyways it always feels like we get the toughest team for that first game like we've gotten randos twice we've gotten splinter we've got like it's just tough every tournament star hut i think once or buddy so yeah we have a jo- running joke with Remnant that we keep getting put up against each other so that we can't have uh, <laughs> the glorious Imperial Guard Remnant finals. Yeah, it just um, won't happen, eh? <laughs> we we always we always encounter Remnant in uh, the semis or the quarters. <laughs> uh, at this point, um, oh, this was the tournament actually. This spring spring major, or yeah, the spring major. This was the one you guys were on opposite sides of the bracket because they had. The one seed and you had the two seed in that one that's pretty funny that was the one it could have happened <laughs> it could have it could have we were and we were actually talking about it the whole time mm-hmm. uh i mean obviously both both of us have a similar attitude and how seriously we approach the game and stuff it's good mm-hmm. to be competitive but you don't want to be corporate like i suppose mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and uh yeah we were both very disappointed in one another that we didn't make the glorious finals happen but maybe someday Oh, man, um, I just, you know, Remnant, another team, too. I just shout out to them because they have been right there all year. Like, they, so many times, you know what I mean? They've just been a game away, uh, you know, right. so many times. So, like, shout out to them being so close. Uh, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, and this is the one that you had Grey Hellporks, actually, in your be- first best of three. Yes, and Grey Hellporks is another one that's, uh, I think they often get overlooked. Mm-hmm. They're a very impressive team. Yeah. They've been... Uh, working on themselves much like we have and they've progressed quite a bit since the game's inception um and but i think it's easy to with any team be overlooked when you're doing a slow burn um because uh something our team internally often will be like uh i I suppose mildly frustrated with is when (laughs) um people don't remember who we are or people uh forget to mention us mm-hmm. in fact all the casters in the last tournament thought we were a new team and uh, we, we were all like this this is a this is a meme at this point um, I, you know again, we, we always yeah. seem to be the i guess n- not necessarily the victim in like a bad sense but just like an unintentional victim of a hype train at the time mm-hmm. because it was gas and then splinter and then rando and now it's uh, CA gold. Um, <laughs> obviously, yeah. these teams are well deserved, but the the fast burn is going to yeah. Be, I, uh, I, people I, who are performing really well at that point are going to be more popular. That's just mm-hmm. how it is. No one's I mean, going to really be paying attention to our progress because it's been a slow crawl. But I mean, again, right? Like again, second semifinals in a row this time too in this tournament against you match up with Splinter there going out of this direction. I mean, right? And you'll notice we don't necessarily ever trade blows with people when we get knocked out. We just get knocked out um, <laughs> every time. Holding true to form, it's the only consistency in the Imperial Guard, I'd say. Uh, so yes, we get knocked out by Splinter, but we secure our invite. We're top four, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, again, we're. This is a huge relief. We've got our invite. We don't have to worry about if something happens in the future tournaments, if people get sick, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have it. And we can go into the next uh, tournament with our goal on second place or first. That's pretty. So, yeah, I mean, getting that that spot, I mean, it was pretty close. Again, 
it was pretty close in there. Like it could have, you know, like getting semis really made the difference. Whoever, I think it was pretty much there between you and Remnant. Or if I'm not mistaken, it was very close with that. If one of you guys had gotten semis and the other one not, then I think it may have swung another way. I mean, even Skull, a, Skull was right. not far out yeah. either. It was crazy how close they were too. They were just like one win away. It it could have been Remnant, Skull, Sia Gold, or us getting an invite. It, there were so many possibilities, mm-hmm. and uh, both Skull and Remnant are you know extremely good teams. Mm-hmm. You and a lot of people tend to forget um, when you're watching these tournaments, you're not watching uh, the entire. Uh, I, I suppose spectrum of squadrons players. A lot of these people are people who are very, very good at the game. And if the everyday player runs into them in a stack, they're going to lose <laughs> uh, even 5v5 in a stack. So it's easy to, I guess, with any esport, forget about any team that's not just winning constantly. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, Skull, Remnant, great teams, great players, uh, Zultry and uh, Zastra, Zultry on Rancor, of course. Um, both extremely evasive, very good pilots, and they have a very firm position on not using uh, multi-drifting, which is, you know, fine. That is what there's a decision, and they play extremely well with it. So again, that's an additional respect that they should have, I think. Um, But yeah, my little tangent there. (laughs) No, I think that's, you know, a great point to consider, like, that all of these teams that you bring so much to the table. I mean, I'm bummed that the tournaments aren't growing and more teams aren't entering because I know it's got that one side where you're like teams don't want to enter because they're going to get beat by like <laughs> by the IGs, right? Like, I mean, but you're not going to get better unless you play them. I don't know. That's a big thing for Orange. Like, we're we're trying to progress past that, you know, that that first round. We're so close. We just want to get we just want to make the same thing with small right. steps. We're trying to push. Taking a game off a team is a big step for us. But getting the reps in for a day like against all the best right. teams is it does more for you than a month of playing, right? Like doing those tournaments oh, and getting those reps absolutely. in, you you really do progress as a player more there and see where you need to progress more for the next uh, the next tournament. Absolutely. And um I you know, like you said, taking a game off a team, Hut Cartel taking a game off the Randalorians, um, I believe in that same tournament. Mm-hmm. Huge. Because Hut Cartel gets the Randalorians every time. <laughs> they really do. And Randalorians <laughs> had two of them every time. So when we saw when when we were waiting on the matches to end and we were checking and then we saw Hut Cartel Randalorians one one we lost our minds because mm-hmm. we were happy for Hut Cartel and that's another team that you know they're definitely really definitely they're the so they're so they're such an overlooked team and they've they've of all the teams there's a few teams who've had some really rough tournament luck Hut is one of those teams where like literally they were on the bubble and tied and just like like they had every tiebreaker go against them so uh, yeah they they mm-hmm. i was so happy for them to get that game and it, it just that that was their best placing too because they were you know right right there like they were right there too so great to see theirs finish mm-hmm. um and i think we talked about it before the the miners are a great place for new teams uh it's a smaller tournament it's meant to be the place for an upset to happen especially this last one um, oh yeah because i I know I told you uh, it's a best of one. So if you're a higher level team uh, than your opponent, if they take a game off you, you know, it's a little more crushing than, you know, losing to somebody at your level. But it's also a great opportunity for teams who are uh, looking to push themselves past, you know, being seen as a certain point 
to do so. This would have been, this would be a great tournament for new teams to try out if they've been playing in say Cadet Cup mm-hmm. and they want to try and transition into uh, Cal Cup, SEL, things like that. Yeah, go to a minor. You can go to a major as well, but uh, the minor is, I think, in my opinion, far more uh, easy for a team on the threshold of going up in one of the tier lists that people make um, to do so. And the, uh, the, just like you said, the format having just one faction, like I, th- team, I mean, t- there's a lot of strong teams, strong New Republic uh, games from a lot of different teams, but I feel more confident. A lot of teams feel more confident with empire there's still a little bit the higher dps you know there's just advantages to it that if you play right you can definitely you can feel a little more confident with it so uh, i kind of lost where i was going with that (laughs) oh you're fine uh we could we could certainly talk about uh empire versus new republic when i know you wanted to discuss the matches uh, i mean yeah i was just really what i was saying is because of the minor format having empire could really lead to the upsets just like you're saying we should actually talk about yeah the twin suns then so that was pretty much you know the biggest prize pool of the year then when and i mean again you guys had the number one rank in that one going into the playoff Uh, bracket looks like so funny thing i actually was not a rostered player for that tournament oh i was was simply team coach um Mm. we had the opportunity to field uh, Swift as a uh, PvP player, um, but it was two days before the tournament. So the, th- the thing is, when you're in charge of people like this, you need to make sure you're doing right by them, I think. And I couldn't ask somebody, hey, you know, I know you probably cleared this weekend. Uh, do you mind stepping down so that we can fly this person who randomly wandered in? So I just took myself off the roster to put in Swift for that weekend. Um, and yeah, it went really well for us. Uh, yeah. A top four finish was perfectly fine by us. Um, I can't remember. It was Splinter. We got 3 0 by Splinter because we, Let me look. Because we only knocked mm. out when we get knocked out. Yes. Uh, yes yeah Yeah. i'm just looking at it here i got it up yeah unfortunately it was a 3-0 loss i mean i think this is the one that almost all no not all of them there was one tournament that like everything was it was the it was the empire winning one that was the the one that everything was like and it it just like that the empire one was one where if you had top seed you had a much better chance this one i really enjoyed this watching this tournament because Mm -hmm. i got to be a spectator Mm -hmm. i i just i sat around all weekend just like just like cooking and then going back and watching the tournament my avatar for a while was an imperial guard with a dish of ribs because i'd i'd wanted to watch the ca gold game and it was a really important one for me to see um but when i came back from cooking ribs it, it was starting and i was like oops um but yeah it, it was a great tournament and i loved watching uh the finals that was that finals Sorry, was amazing. Yeah. But yeah, that that fin- that whole tournament was just really really special. It was really great watching yeah. it. Yeah. And, and so go on. Um a shout out to obviously Eckhart mm-hmm. and the entire team there who put this together because I heard someone say it was a tournament that we were almost, you know, undeserving of for our size and I have to agree. It was something that, you know, this is probably the biggest tournament for squadrons that'll ever happen, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Unless changes uh, but get, getting to watch you know sea eagle uh, a team that had for the first several cal cups um 
been one that we were like, this team is a threat, but we can probably beat them. Uh, and not saying this, you know, obviously is any sort of uh, ill intent or shade, but this is just, you know, how we looked at a team. And mm-hmm, saw them. For sure. And then, and then coming into tournaments and being like, uh, CA Gold has become... CA Gold has ascended. They are another <laughs> league now, um, and they they truly they truly had. And this was phenomenal to see a team that had taken the time to improve themselves, go through the steps, and get into the finals. Uh, trade blows with Splinter, who is you know still, I, I I would say to many considered the best team in the game, uh, and really have an honest shot at winning that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they were I mean. That whole run on the play, I mean, they had to go through randos, then cheese to get to, oh, and of course, in the first round, to even get, to even get the chance at randos, they, have, of course, first had to go through Orange Squadron on that day, of course, somehow they managed to get that, and then, uh, yeah, I, to, to get to Splinter, that, that, those games were awesome, they were right there, they had the game up, too, it was, it I was mean, so good. it yeah. was so hype, I was, I, I like uh, I, I like Scalp Walker and his team and their personalities and their, all the positivity they bring yes. to uh, the events. But the com- the underdog competitor in me was like, okay, I'm gonna have to cheer for Sea Gold. I'm sorry. Um, I I'm, I'm sorry. Every, if I'm to hear this. Every single tournament, I root for the perceived underdog. I every single one. <laughs> like it's just always the way I am. I don't know if it's like my personality, but I just every time I want the underdog to win each tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was hard not to. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was such a good series of games. I mm-hmm. I don't remember how the last two went, but I just remember watching the the. Well, it was one o one one two one two two. It was just like, oh my god, this is intense. This so, is crazy. One thing that I learned from that series and kind of came after, uh, and I think we had kind of. I mean, we knew we knew we had been doing a bad job with it, but the map bans and faction selection on the maps and the map picks you can actually win or lose depending on those i didn't see it until afterwards with uh with splinter kind of the way that they were they wrote they wrote those choices and how they took they put out that doc afterwards it's a huge factor what are your thoughts on that uh i believe it was hard to had a discussion with scalp walker after uh after the tournament um something i really like about uh, Scott Baca as a player is he's always willing to share information after tournaments and such things aren't you know kept closely guarded secrets you aren't you know your, your <laughs> spot their response to get back from your question isn't like you know a smile emoji or something it's mm-hmm. a discussion and you know honest criticism um, so Splinter made excellent use of map picks and bans against their opponents they made extremely good use of Xavier Abyss in fact um, they they seem to have Xavier Abyss at the optimal time in their matchups. And uh, given that it was still in play at the time, it was a New Republic favored map. Uh, they use it really, really well. Um, and against us as well, they used uh, a map against us that we were very comfortable on, Nadiri Dockyards. And they were ready for us. Mm. Um, they hadn't just planned for the team uh, because I thought, wow, they took the time to create a strategy that worked specifically against our team. But in discussion with Scalpwalker, he said it was more like we took the time to learn this map, learn its quirks, learn what is the best way to approach this map individually, and 
uh, that's what carried us through and going back and watching that, you know, I, I agree with uh, his statement now. I see that it was more to play the map, not uh, not just the team. And especially Nadiri, one that has to be played, you know, you're not, when you play Nadiri, it's kind of a, it's kind of a uh, 1v1v1 because <laughs> both teams are kind of fighting Nadiri dockyards as they go in. <laughs> it's man, I was through man versus man, man versus himself, man versus environment. It's all there on the Nadiri dockyards, right? <laughs> all there. Uh, I, I love Nadiri for that reason that it actually brings very different strategies just in the scl week of nadiri you saw you saw freaking yeah. a wings come out you know <laughs> like you saw everything like a very you know the two yeah. bomber two x-wing or you know two defender support standard you see that straight from a lot more there i like that yeah because with yevin and uh nadiri you get very different play styles from the ordinary mm -hmm. uh yeah so fast paced the flips happen so quickly you have to get in uh, and get your damage, and you have to sit on the farmers, or you're not going to have enough time to do anything. Nadiri dockyards, you have to engage people. You have to make sure that uh, you're flexible enough to try and get some PK to kill the raider at the right time, and to still manage some AI farm because you know the offenses are so long. If you can't do it correctly, um, I'm sure I'm missing something there, but I'm just talking off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, or like Susubo, Eslis, and um, Bostar, while they do differ a little bit, they're mostly uh, mostly similar approaches, uh, save like how you approach the capital ship. Mm -hmm. No, I agree completely. There's just like, I think it made more people aware of how you need to use the map more so in your strategy i mean for for me it was eye-opening anyway or I mean, somewhat for you here so then after that going into the most recent tournament how did how did how did that change then um i mean for for what i think like swift maybe was unavailable for this one or am i wrong you were in the lineup though for this um, one i was in the lineup for this one uh trap star had retired after twin sons mm -hmm. um the original uh squad leader for ig mm -hmm. uh so i'm on I, our roster of seven is uh, at that time Swift, Hod, Narcissist, Luma, Krieg, Dynasty, myself. Did I get one? Hod, Trout. I'm sorry. Hod, Luma, Krieg. Hold on. Narcissist. I'll bring up. I have the. Ro I'm going to bring up the roster here. I'll bring your guys' roster up. Make sure we get everyone. Because I don't think we've given a shout out to everyone on the team yet. We should do that. So we got, yeah, Kriegzilla. Who's in? Yo, Kriegs, thank you for checking out the stream here too and the follow as well, I should say. Trapster was on your. Summer Miner, actually, apparently, lineup still. Miner, Narcissist, Hod, Luma, Dynasty. Right. Uh, Swift was unavailable. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. he was uh, sick, that, sick that weekend. Um, so we flew uh, just uh, basically our roster minus Swift. We have Trapstar in there still, but um, he wasn't a participant. Mm -hmm. It was more of a just in case. Like, yeah. What if it was DCs? Well, we need somebody who can't come in. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so we go into the first day uh, and we get our first uh, clean sweep and we were really excited about that. Um, we had a we had a lot of strong games uh, and then a very close one uh, on Nadiri Dockyards against CA Gold. Mm. And um, it was a very intense one to watch uh, since I wasn't flying in that one because uh, are we were not ready for Nadiri dockyards in the way we should have been, uh, quite bluntly. Um, we have certain strategies and we didn't apply them to how Nadiri is structured. Not 
necessarily in AI and the lanes, but how massive the map actually is. Mm. Um, but uh, in the end, we ended up managing to bring a win out of it. So we were feeling pretty good. Um, it's our first tournament at our second tournament at that time as under 16 bit. Um, and we go into day two. We unfortunately have to play against Remnant again in our first match. I mean, you were um, top, yeah, you're top seed in this one as well. Yeah, you're the only yeah. undefeated team as well with a the highest opponent win percentage as well. You had the tough, you had the toughest road there, and you won them all. It's pretty impressive. Thank you. Um, it was sixty nine percent at some point. I'm disappointed to see that they changed <laughs> it. Uh, Couldn't let you have that. Um. So and then yeah, sorry, we, you got remnant again. We got remnant again. Um. We wasted a lot of time sending memes to each other, Thanos <laughs> memes, things like that. Uh, <laughs> sacrificing each other for the soul stone, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then we go to the Randalorians. Um, the Randalorians for us, this past tournament, were kind of what Skull Squadron was for us. Uh, in the SCL, mm -hmm. they were a team that had a history of beating us pretty easily. Um, and they were a team that uh, had, uh, you know, a lot of wins under their belt. Very strong team still. They just added Vixia and Brandon to their roster, two really good pilots uh, yes. from Crystal Wings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this, this, this wasn't a team to not take seriously uh, at all. But we managed to pull a win out of Nadiri Dockyards in New Republic by making a last minute adjust adjustment. And we were really happy to pull that win out there. Um, a 3-1 finish was, you know, something, again, it's good for morale. It's good for us. We see our progress. Mm -hmm. And that's another marker in us moving along, uh, climbing the ladder, so to speak. I mean, yeah, you guys did it this tournament. You made it to the final. Mm -hmm. You get CA gold again. And I mean, kind of talking to you before a little bit too i mean you'd you'd had pretty good luck against c ca gold too mm -hmm. what do you think uh what, what did it come down to in the finals that was different from the so, earlier matchups so as i said we had a close game against ca gold in nadiri uh and there were problems in our approach that we had not fixed we had misanalyzed essentially we misread our opponent We'd misread how they play, in my opinion, and had not adjusted. And when it wasn't working, we were too scared to try something else. And ultimately, our opponent basically played better. We did not uh, play better in return. And we you know, had a much-deserved loss against Seagull in that round. Um, our strategy, uh, in my opinion, essentially exposed our neck <laughs> and said, all right, you just hit us right here, you know, you'll 3-0 us pretty easily. Mm. And I didn't see I didn't see that personally until I had gone back uh the next day and watched it. Mm. And I was like, ah, you know, there it is. That that's the next thing for us to work on. Let's work on reading our opponents. Because there's always something that we come from a tournament saying, Hey, this is good. Here's what got us here's what's got here's what's got us uh knocked out this time. Mm -hmm. Uh last time it was comms in Twin Suns tournament and uh understanding our roles very very specifically and what everyone needed to be doing um one of our biggest weaknesses to start was we were flying like five solo key players who happened to be just together uh 
And for a while, that was a big weakness of ours. And, you know, Twin Suns was kind of like getting the last bits of that out of our system. This time, it was misreading our opponent, uh, misinterpreting how they play and how we should play to counteract it, uh, and uh, not playing well uh, at all, uh, personally, in my opinion, in the last set. Uh, we had close games, but the fact that we couldn't pull one out to us says, okay, so this is something that beat us every time. Mm. We didn't change our strategy. We didn't read our opponent well. And when our strategy wasn't working, we didn't try something else. Um, and even uh, Knight um, was talking to one of our own, Luma, asking, why didn't we change what we were doing? Why didn't we try New Republic? And, you know, now that we think back on it, it's like, I don't know. I couldn't. <laughs> It, it, at the time, we were like, no, no, we have this certain idea. We just have to implement it well. And obviously, we weren't doing a good job of implementing it well. In fact, it, we seem to be giving our opponent time to learn what we were doing mm, after they'd already beaten us with it. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. Because like, you're like, we've got this plan. We practiced it. We're just not executing it correctly. But maybe it's the other side where... The reason it's not being executed correctly is because they see it. So you, yeah, you have to. Man, it's. I mean, it's hard to do with the game at this point. I'm, I'm glad that the game also isn't shifting, uh, the ships as well. So you have to go both sides of it as well. So you know, like. Uh, yeah. Um, we we actually had a great, like a really fun strategy. Uh, just before the Empire patch hit, um, you remember when uh, it was it was the same patch where they nerfed cloak, right? Uh-huh, yeah. So we we had a strategy for our cheese game, and our strategy was double support three TIE Bombers. And oh. both supports take Mask, one takes Mark, one takes Resupply. Yeah. And we'd been practicing it, and we were, like, speed-running people. Yeah. And we played it against uh, RMT and just uh, in scrims, and it was just like, holy hell, what have we just done? This is... This is crazy this is, okay. <laughs> this is what we're gonna have to do against cheese and then the day before the cheese game uh the empire patch hits that, i mean that strategy went right out the window kind of hats off to them for i mean i know people i kind of like i like drastic meta shifts before a game so everyone's scrambling i like that myself i i feel like that kind of shows who's better it's annoying don't get me wrong when you practice something like that and then they just switch it all of a sudden it sucks but yeah that would have been wild to see that because yeah. i mean that's the other thing when they do that though you never know what people would have done like who knows maybe there you were at that one maybe there was another team who was doing something similar with defenders or who knows like what the play you know what i mean just there could have been some other plan like that mm -hmm. too that what could have been in these tournaments <laughs> what could have been yeah <laughs> And you can't you can't quite focus on you know what could have been because you're gonna get stuck in the past. Yeah. Bitter. I mean, talking you know, about Oxus too. It's interesting. I mean, we never really talked about this. I mean, you guys really are the last ones standing with like a a, a tractor beam main as a, a tractor beam main player still. Like, there's very few players still rocking it. Do you think that's how important? Um, do you think that is for your guys your team's success? It's. Very important. Um, so, through through the through the tournaments, uh, being honest, we lean on Narciss quite a bit at first. Uh, he's a phenomenal pilot. He's a great player, uh, and he's um, and he's in chat apparently. Um, <laughs> he's a great player. And through those first 
SCL matches and tournaments, we're really leaning heavily on Narciss, which is not a good not a good strategy in the long term. Uh, but Narciss being the support that he is enables us to try new things and sometimes enables some of our uh, bad behaviors as far as like <laughs> how you should play. Because there were some tournaments there uh, where Narciss was running resupply and I remember getting out you know, out of a stupid decision scot-free because Narciss was just on me the moment I needed it. Yeah. It was uh, very fun. But um, it, it's, it feels nice because I feel now that while obviously we have our core team and we have people who we almost always need to um, need to fly, the list is no longer simply Narciss. The list is like, okay, here's our core team. It's Narciss, Hod, Luma. We need those pilots because mm -hmm. they're integral to our strategy uh and they're you know they're so strong um mm -hmm. and for us uh now it's still a very large part of our uh, offensive and defensive play um it, he's basically a third interceptor in a much larger ship uh, <laughs> yeah we've kind of talked about that it's like he's just like this other pk player who happens to throw out beacons occasionally like you know he's like there just working people it's so annoying Zoltry sent you a raid. Oh, that was nice, Zoltry. Thank you, buddy. Um, um, yeah, yeah. It's essentially another PK player and the other side of the coin on how to play support that get in their face, aggressive. Uh, yeah, you can you can target me or tell me if you want, but you're probably going to end up chasing me for a long time mm -hmm. or you're going to end up uh, getting tractor beamed and I'll just eye on you to death. And the other thing we should talk about too, because, you know, so you guys have the sponsorship too with 16-bit. Do you want to talk about that at all? Like, um, just be like how it's worked out or anything, or and also the future for IG moving forward. What your plans are for the rest of the you know competitive year? So we took the sponsorship, um, and we had it during Twin Suns and Calc Up Summer Minor, uh, and actually yesterday we did decide to end our affiliation with 16-bit. Oh, okay, uh, and. At the moment, we're looking at some other things. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we have people interested in now that we've been in that little area of esports, mm -hmm. and there's people interested in continuing that. And there's some people interested in, uh, you know, transitioning past squadrons, what mm -hmm. comes after squadrons for mm -hmm. members of our team. Um, so we have some things to look into. Uh, but, yeah, we, we have ended our uh, sponsorship with 16, or we have ended our affiliation with 16B. Whoa, I feel and like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got a hot off-the-press drop here on the, on the podcast for the first time. I guess you're announcing it here live. Thank you. I, oh, I tweeted it yesterday. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, I'm late to it then. Okay, it's late. <laughs> Two of my teammates didn't even follow me till yesterday. So. <laughs> They're like, uh, oh, we saw the news. We should follow you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so at the moment, we're looking at continuing our progress mm -hmm. staying on staying on point um obviously our goal for the major is we either want to retain our top four status or move up uh and play second or first uh obviously the minimum for us when we go into these is we don't want to re we don't want to regress we want to at the worst stay where we were but our goal is to you know we placed fourth in the last major well, now it's time to place top two. And, you know, hell, maybe we'll win it. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. I think we're strong to potentially do it. We just have some things to fix. Well, 
man thank you so much for being on the podcast i'm looking forward to crossing you know everything for you guys good luck in these future events and uh give a shout out to to anyone who's streaming yourself i don't think you stream but if you have any socials you want to shout out anything please put those out there too uh i mean you can just look up my name if you follow <laughs> me but i'm very inactive uh hod streams he's our keyboard only player um doesn't play with the mouse just literally a keyboard uh and narciss streams time to time especially during tournaments mm -hmm. i think hod is uh doing more streaming at the moment than anybody i'll so. put and i'll put you know i'll put links to all of them in there in the description here below all right and yeah, I guess that's everything then, Miner. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, buddy. I really appreciate you running everything down with us for IG. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was, uh, it was a pleasure, and it's nice to be involved with uh, <laughs> people in the community, especially people uh, from Orange like yourself. Oh, you're so nice. You're nice friend at this point. <laughs> uh, you're, you're such a sweetheart. And oh. thank you again for coming on. And thank you, everyone, for checking out the live stream and the podcast. And we'll Bye -bye. see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye